Hello everyone, I'm Rachel and this is the first episode of the podcast for 2021. How exciting! I'm back from having a month-long break, so let me just take a few minutes to fill you guys in on what I've been up to while I've been on my break. I decided to have a social media fast, which I admit it didn't go as perfectly as I'd planned. My thought process was to not go on social media but try to still check notifications when I can, but Yeah, I tried my hardest to stay on social media basically for all of January and instead um, my husband and I, we did the 30-day shred on the YouVersion Bible app, um, which if you don't know what that is, it's a Bible plan by Nathan Finocchio from Hillsong, uh, Hillsong Church, I think, where you just read the whole Bible in 30 days and um, as a couple, this is our second time doing it and I think now it's just going to be something that we do every January from now on. And yes, I know what you're probably thinking. You're thinking, wow, the whole Bible in 30 days, like you must have a headache. And yeah, when I first attempted it, I definitely did uh, have a few headaches. It's basically like 40 or 50 chapters a day. Um, But we just have it playing uh, as an audio Bible and we have it on in the background in the mornings, like when we go to the gym and whatever else we're doing. And yeah, it's exhausting, but it's a really cool idea because uh, the idea is you don't read everything in detail. You just, you read it, you skim through it uh, in order so that you see the bigger picture and you know, you just, you don't focus on every single detail. Other than the Bible plan, I've been trying to read more. So in the past month, I, uh, I read R.C. Sproul's commentary on the book of John. I read The End of Mental Illness by Dr. Daniel Amen. And I recently just finished Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. And I thoroughly enjoyed all of these books and I really wanted to make it a priority to read more in 2021. So I've actually gone so far as to put a screen time limit, not just on social media apps, but on all of my apps for my phone. So I will spend more time doing other things and less time on my phone and and things like that. So yeah, uh, All three of those books that I said that I read, they all really stood out to me in their own way. And if you're interested in mental health or improving your mental health, they're all books that I would highly recommend, especially uh, The End of Mental Illness was a real eye-opener for me. Daniel Amen's main point of how counseling or psychiatry is probably one of the only professions that doesn't actually treat the organ that they can see, which is the brain. And how his idea is that there's something not quite right with that. (laughs) And um, so he talks about his use with the brain SPECT scans, S-P-E-C-T, SPECT scans. And I'm not going to go into detail about the scans because I know nothing compared to him, but it basically scans the health of your brain. And from all of his scans that he's documented over his time, he's created this program. Uh, It's an acronym called the Bright Minds Program. And uh, anyway, the point of me saying all this is as someone who has had anxiety, depression, PTSD, OCD, and all of that, it was really refreshing for me to see what his previous cases were like. And it really got me thinking about how things could be contributing to my anxiety, um, more so on the biological level, not just telling me to just do more positive thinking and everything's going to be fine. Um, Yeah, I would really highly recommend it. I I lent it to my mum so that she could read it also because there's a chapter on retirement and ageing and how to to prevent, you know, those mental illnesses as you get older. And I just found it really fascinating. 
Anyway, the other really good mental health book that I mentioned was Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. And this was so good. At first, I thought it was going to be one of those fluff, motivational, positive books on trying to just help me think better. But I found it way more relatable and way more practical than I thought it was going to be. And it was one of those books where I was like, hold on, is Jenny Allen like hiding in my wardrobe or something? Because how does she know that I have issues and I struggle with this and how does she know that I went through like that and oh it's just it's like seriously it's a it's a really nice relief knowing that there are other people that have been through similar situations and they're on the other side of it and it was just a book that I didn't quite know I needed and I would definitely recommend that (laughs) but yeah I've always been into mental health ever since I graduated high school and even more so now that Another thing that I'm updating you guys on is I'm regularly seeing a counselor now and some people get really weird about when other people talk about seeing a psychologist or a counselor or maybe for themselves they feel really weird about seeing a psychologist or a counselor, like there's some kind of negative stigma against it. But I don't think it's really weird to see a counsellor. I think it's actually a good thing and I think we all need to stop using the language like you have to be crazy in order to see a counsellor or that something actually has to be wrong with you or that you're broken or whatever because it's just not true. You can be completely a well-functioning person but you, well actually everyone, has blind spots and all of those blind spots can be improved upon and you're not going to be able to see everything yourself. So it's always good to have a trained professional to help you work through those areas. It can help you improve communication in relationships and friendships and it can help point out areas where you maybe need to grow. Like I said, those blind spots. Um, Some examples would be Maybe you can't commit in relationships. Maybe you push friends away. Maybe you're highly reactive. Maybe you always feel guilty about asserting yourself and what you want in life and you don't know why you do any of these things. So seeing a counsellor can really help with all of these things and I know because I'm seeing one. (laughs) And I say all that because I was reluctant to see a counsellor there for a while and I kept thinking that I have to get into the deep issues with some stranger and that's going to take forever but once you find a good counsellor that suits you and gets you, you're going to click like long lost friends. (laughs) I've seen two counsellors in the past and I felt like I didn't really click with them but this current counsellor that I've that I am seeing at the moment, I feel like she really understands me and she can see my patterns clearly and she's able to help me find solutions based on my personality and I never feel attacked by her, which is great. So get someone who makes you feel like that. (laughs) So yeah, those are all the things that I basically did all throughout January. That's a little update on me in the past month and I can tell you that they're all things I feel God wanted me to share with you. Uh, So I'm looking forward to the upcoming episodes and I hope you are too because I am ready. I am refreshed. Let's go 2021. It's going to be a good one. So yeah. Going into this episode, I know it's February now and maybe people aren't thinking of New Year's resolutions anymore or goals or anything like that, but I mean, you can really start them whenever. So I wanted to talk on that for this episode. Seeing as it's the first episode of 2021, it seemed like a logical place to start. So before I share what my personal 2021 goals are for this year, I just wanted to say a few things. 
Firstly, I know that some people can feel overwhelmed when it comes to making goals or they just roll their eyes because it's almost like a joke at this point because not a lot of people actually fulfill their goals. And I know, you know, coronavirus, it really knocked us down and there was this whole uh, culture of, you know, give give yourself a break. It's coronavirus. Everyone relax. Take time for yourself. Self-care. And I'm not saying anything against that. I'm all for self-care. Coronavirus hit us hard, but I'm believing 2021 to be a good one. You know, we, we still might be suffering through coronavirus, but I think there are still some small ways that we can all grow for this year, even though it's going to be probably a hard year. Um, But I'm remaining positive, so I'm encouraging you to be positive too. So yes, I'm aware about the whole toxicness of setting goals. And yeah, I, I also understand that I might not fully reach all of my goals that I have for this year, and that's okay. Um, speaking of, actually, Dr. Caroline Leaf actually came out with this great episode a while ago on New Year's resolutions. Check out her podcast. It's called Cleaning Up the Mental Mess by Dr. Caroline Leaf. And her episode was about how to avoid getting sucked into the whole toxic positivity of it all, of the whole goal setting thing. And I happen to agree with her. And you don't need to make 10 or 15 goals this year. Maybe it just needs to be one. For example, maybe you want to get better at uh, getting better grades this year. Or maybe you want to actively eat one more serving of vegetables than you usually do. Or maybe you want to stop swearing. Or maybe you want to expand your vocabulary one word a month. So you want to like learn a new word. Or maybe like me, you want to read an extra book. Um, or maybe maybe start reading a book, you know, read one book every two months or something like that. Just totally have just a really small goal that you know you can do because the small steps matter and that's what leads to real change in the end. It's the small steps. So don't get too caught up with making goals or stressing out at failing at achieving your goals because we're all on our own journey. There's no such thing as failing. There's just learning and growing and just go at your own pace because your own pace is fine. Just don't get caught up in the comparison trap. (laughs) So with that being said, I'm going to share with you some of mine and perhaps you can share some with me on my social media channels because I would love to hear your goals. Now, when I make yearly goals, I like to split them into different categories. I actually was taught this way of writing like these yearly goals down back when I did, there's a church in America called Saddleback Church and they had this series called the Transformed Series. And I did that back when I was a baby Christian in about 2015. And it kind of just stuck with me ever since this way of writing goals. So my first category is spiritual. Now for me, this means how do I want to grow in my spiritual life? Now I'm a Christian, so this means growing in my Christian faith. And I wrote three things down. I wrote that I want to study the Bible in a year. And I know almost every Christian says that they want to do this. But trust me, I have a plan on how I actually want to achieve this. I wrote out a Bible reading plan from the start of February until the end of December because I did that 30 days shut in January and it was just skim reading it for the bigger picture. But now for the rest of the year, I actually want to go in depth and study it. And I got a yearly planner from Kmart and I wrote out for each day what verses I'm going to be reading. And when I finish, when I finish it, I'm going to give it like a little tick for that day. And I'm also going to be trying to read an accompanying commentary book related to that area. So for example, if I'm reading Genesis chapters one and two, I'm going to pick up a commentary on Genesis. So 
My favourite commentaries actually to read are the ones by Warren Wearsby. I think it's called the B series, B-E, the B series. Um, and R.C. Sprouse commentaries. The one on John that I read really blew my mind and I want to buy more. But anyway, if you guys have any other recommendations that follow that similar style of commentary, please let me know. I'm always down to read a good commentary. So yeah, that's my plan of attack for studying the Bible this year. I'm going to read, I think I'm going to try and read like two chapters a day with a commentary and hopefully if I stick to it, I'll complete it in no time. But if not, that's okay too. At least, at least I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> my other two goals in this area kind of need a bit of a backstory. So last year I decided to pray and ask God to give me a word for the year. And I did this last year as well. And last year's word for me was valued. And looking back, I can totally see the areas that God wanted me to grow in relation to that word. I really struggled with knowing my self-worth, sticking to my guns, casting away self-doubt and, and all that jazz. And I'm still growing in that area. But when I prayed and asked God for the word for me this year, I felt like he told me what the word was even before I was even done praying and asking him. So that was great. <laughs> I felt like the word for me for this year is the word surrender. And I immediately knew what he was going on about as soon as the word dropped into my spirit because I don't want to get snappy. I don't want to get overwhelmed. I just, I just want to just give it all to him and say, Hey, I don't even want to stress. Just take it all because learning to grow in this area and learning to let things go and not be so reactive. I, I'm so excited to be more like that, but at the same time, I know it's really going to hurt because the way that I feel God teaches you something, especially something important it's going to it's going to mean more trials, more hardships particularly in this area. I don't know why it is, uh, but I think pain is like one of the main ways that lessons stick in my mind. <laughs> Not all the time, but I think sometimes. So the second goal I wrote was to commit surrender to heart and the third was to grow more obedient to the Holy Spirit. And now I feel like those two goals hold hands in a way because I know me I know I'm going to actively not really remember to have the mentality of surrender and to actually be obedient and to listen when God tells me, hey, stop, or like, hey, let that go. And I know that when I when everything gets overwhelming or if the enemy gets me on a really bad day, I know that I'm just going to take it all back and I'm just going to go back to square one and I'm going to try and sort things out for myself. So I actually want to commit surrendering to heart and I want to be more obedient to the Holy Spirit and actually applying what I know God is telling me. So that's it for my spiritual section of my goals. Next is finance. And for this, I wrote to cut my student debt in half, which if you haven't listened to my previous episode on money and universities, long story short, I have so much student debt, like a crazy amount for someone who's never actually gotten a bachelor's degree or anything like that. I was actually tricked into applying for a diploma. And when I realized that that's not what I wanted, they basically said too bad. It's too late to withdraw. So we're putting the full amount of the student debt into your account. 
So accumulatively, I had fees from my Diploma of Leadership and Management, which was something I actually did and completed, then this fake diploma that I was tricked into applying for, and then a year of doing a fashion and textile merchandising course, and then one year of doing an online psychology degree. The last two I couldn't finish for other personal reasons, but basically I had I have so much debt, um, or I had so much debt, because thankfully at some point in 2019, our prime minister took a look at everyone in the country's student debt and realized that a lot of people's student debt wasn't even necessary. (laughs) So one day I looked at my student debt because someone told me about what the prime minister was doing. So I checked it out and I saw that my student debt was almost cut in half. I had somewhere around like 40 or $30,000 in student debt and it went all the way down to 15,000, which was so amazing. And it was a huge sigh of relief because it's way more manageable to actually pay off. So my husband and I have been making regularly voluntary repayments and it's gotten a lot lower since. So we're almost there. We're almost there at having zero student debt. So that is my goal. I really want to strive for it to be completely gone. Um, but I want it to be realistic. I want it to be a realistic goal. So cutting the current figure in half is something that I think we can definitely achieve. And then the second finance goal is to actively put away money into savings. Um, now, if I'm being honest, this is something that my husband does a lot better than me. Hopefully, when all this coronavirus stuff is over, we can use those savings to either travel, put it towards buying a house, or uh, what other big life milestone comes our way. The next category is emotion, which this category is kind of like a gray area. Like, obviously, I can't force myself to complete any of the goals I have in this section. This is an area that I'm going to have to be really intentional about if I actually want to achieve these goals. And I kind of laugh when I read these goals, but... My first goal is to heal from past trauma. Now, I laugh because healing from past trauma is such a hard thing to do, and it's such a almost like an impossible thing to do just because I wrote this down for a year, and I know that you can't really heal all of the trauma uh, in a year, but I wrote in brackets counseling. So what I probably meant by this goal is I want to work on healing by actively going to counseling this year, which I have been starting to do, um, and not to fall into the trap of telling myself that I don't need to go. And the second goal is to journal every day or every second day. If I'm being honest, I'll probably change that to just whenever I feel like I need it, which might be like once a week. I have this journaling app called Tangerine, which has been really helpful. I like using the app as opposed to writing because when I write a lot, my hand tends to cramp up really fast. So typing feels more time efficient. However, if I have time and I can go slower than I can journal in a notebook, but in the Tangerine app, I've set daily habits that I want to do more often, like journaling, gratitude journaling, meditating, and maybe doing some Bible reading. And there's the actual journal component. So you can talk about your day in general and it'll ask what made you feel this way, like relationships, work, health, etc. And you can mark an emotion for that day also, like happy, sad, tired, anxious, etc. Um, but I really like the specialized journaling features on the app because, and this is what I meant by journaling and gratitude journaling. So 
if I hit the button at the top, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a button that says gratitude. Then I'll be journaling, but following a specific, uh, prompt, like it'll have different prompts related to wanting to cultivate gratitude. So there's also buttons on like calming anxiety, release worry, release anger. Um, and there's a whole lot more, but you got to pay for the pro version of the app. But the free version is all I really need. So it's been really helpful to write down things that I want to talk about with my counselor later. But I also use it to keep track of uh, like other health issues. Like I keep track of all my migraines that I get because I get them a lot, a lot, a lot. So yeah, it's been really helpful. Um, the next category is relationships. And for this one, I wrote that I want to grow in patience, mercy, and understanding. And I feel like it also goes hand in hand with my word for the year, surrender, because as I said earlier, I know that I can be snappy and reactive, especially when I'm hungry or tired. So I want to show more patience, mercy and understanding towards the people around me, particularly when I'm feeling hungry or tired. Anyway, <laughs> second is to have consistent friendships. Now, I know that everyone has their own lives and everyone's busy doing whatever they're doing, but ever since I want to say November or early December, I've noticed that my friendships have kind of been up and down, and I'm sure everyone can relate because with coronavirus, it's made friendships and keeping and maintaining friendships really difficult. Like sometimes I won't see anyone for a whole week and then I worry that maybe like they think that I hate them for not reaching out or not talking to them. So for a while there, I'd get so worked up and so depressed because if I tried making plans with friends and they, they kept not wanting to hang out or for whatever reason really, or just not being proactive back uh, about wanting to hang out, I would take it very personally. So I don't want to do that anymore. I'm not sure if this is actually healthy or not, but for the longest time I had this private rule that if I tried making plans with a friend and I tried making plans three times and if they cancel each time, uh, after three times I just won't make plans with them anymore and instead I'll just wait for them to reach out to me and make plans with me because I really wanted to protect my heart and not get hurt. So I thought, okay, well, if they don't want to hang out with me, they'll, I'm sure they'll like schedule a time that suits them. But I don't know if that's actually healthy or not, but I mean, it has been helpful for me to not get offended. But anyway, I just really want to check in more regularly with my friends. Uh, I want to try and like text them more often than I do. I'm really bad with texting. So yeah. Lastly, my goal in this area is to be a better influence in my friend groups. Uh, when I'm tired or hungry, like I said, I get snappy and it's just not a good look, especially when I'm trying to be a good influence. So when I go to hang out with my friends, I want to be more intentional about being in the right mindset, making sure I've had a good nap, a good, a good meal, um, and just being aware of who exactly I'm going to hang out with and trying to be more emotionally and mentally prepared to spend time with them and actively try to be a positive force. Now I know like you shouldn't try it. Don't take this the wrong way. I know you, I know some people might take this as if, oh, you're just putting on a mask. You know, you're being fake towards your friends. No, being fake and wearing a mask when you're seeing your friends is completely different to let me get into the right mentality for seeing my friends. I think that's completely different. One is like self-care. One is just being fake. So yeah, what I'm saying is I just want to be more intentional with my words and my actions when I'm around people. I just want to make sure that I am 
emotionally prepared to see them. The next category is physical. And for this one, I mean, obviously everyone's physical goals are so deeply personal to them. Um, for me, I wrote that I want to lose four kilos and last year I lost four kilos and I have four more kilos to go, to go back to the weight, um, that I would like to be. So yeah, I, I hope this isn't too much of a touchy subject for some people, but I really think that health is important and I hope it's okay to talk about. In my family, uh, visceral fat, which is the fat that wraps around your abdominal organs, is a really big problem for us. So it, it leads to a few health problems and it has in my family. So I really want to be on top of it uh, this year so I can stick around longer, be with my loved ones and be healthy. And the best way that I keep on top of uh, that, for those of you who are wondering, is I keep track of a combination of things such as my BMI, uh, which is the body mass index. I keep track of body fat percentage, lean body mass, and most importantly, the waist to hip ratio. The waist to hip ratio is the one I mainly care about. Um, I'm not a nutritionalist or a doctor or whatever, so I'm not going to get too much into it, but yeah. My goal is to lose four kilos. The next goal I have is to get on top of my brain health. And I already touched on this earlier when I was talking about the end of mental illness book. So I'm not really going to get into that. I'm just going to tell you, go read the book. It's really great. And the last goal in this area is to develop more of a core strength. And that ties into more of my first physical health goal, which is to lose four kilos and with the whole stomach fat thing. And yeah, that's it. That's all of my goals that I have for this year. I know some people might think that setting goals isn't Christ-like because it shows a lack of trust um, and whatever. I should just let God lead me. And yes, that is true. I don't think God would want me to charge ahead in pride and not include him. But I personally don't think God wants me to sit around and not do anything. I feel like God has given us all gifts and talents and the Bible tells us that we're called to good works. So I feel as if that setting goals and including him shows that we do trust him and believe that he is able to lead while we're moving forward. And who knows, as the year goes on and I keep praying and seeking his will, maybe my goals will actually change. But I think the most important thing here is to keep an open dialogue with him and pay attention to the signs that he might provide along the way and listen intently so that I can be confident that he is leading me in the right way and I'm not out of his will. Because the whole purpose of goal setting is to grow. And I would like to grow. I would like to grow in my relationship with God, trusting him more and everything that I have mentioned earlier. So yeah, I really hope that you hear my heart on this issue about goal setting. And yeah, that's the end of today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I'm really interested in knowing what your goals are for this year, if you have any. And I hope this week uh, that you just go out in purpose and confidence and you just kick some butt. So yeah, I'll see you next time. Bye.